Hello again everybody and welcome to another episode of Morphtastic Live. This is the audio version of our lives. We usually do lives which we upload to YouTube, but we have decided to switch it over to Spotify Audio too. I'd also like to say a huge thank you to EcoGeckos for sponsoring us. EcoGeckos has opened up a live food store for the UK. Insects, caves, food bowls, tongs, etc. So please check out www.ecogeckos.co.uk. I'm your host, Georgia Elite Geckos, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. In a conversation with these Herberts watching. There he is. All right, mate. Can you hear me and everything all right? Yeah, yeah. So can you hear me? I can hear you perfect, mate. So awesome. brummy, isn't he? <laughs> I'm not brummy. I ain't brummy. Yeah, yeah. Ne- nearly brummy. Same thing, same thing, unfortunately. It's like uh, Chris, he's Scouse. But anyway, how you feeling after that drive? You know what, it weren't too bad to be fair, but just the traffic getting out of it. Once I was on the way, I'm like, not too bad. Yeah, it's just it's just that typical. I, I think it's it's still um, the school holidays. I think everyone's out. I think everyone's out with their kids. It seemed well. It seemed like everyone went shopping today. <laughs> you you know, we we met up earlier. It seemed like everyone went shopping. I couldn't. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, now you feeling, man? Yeah, I'm alright. Get a bit warm. Can you hear the fan? I've got a fan on in the background. No, no, I can't hear it. Can you hear the football? Nah, nah, I'm alright. <laughs> George is wearing fake tan. <laughs> yeah, no, you wear fake tan. I caught him wearing fake tan. Anyway, it's good to have you on, Scott. Um, start it off. Tell us about how you started, mate. And yeah, how, how it all started. Um, did you did you fall into it? Did you? I mean, like, I've always been into like animals and and bits and bobs, and I suppose I mean I got my first two leopard geckos. Um, which I think, I think, thinking back, I think that was the, my, my first reptile, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Um, the two female leopard geckos. Um, I had them from someone that my dad knew. Uh, and I was already adults, so I'd been uh, together as well. Yeah. Uh, together in, in Little Viv. Um, thought, great, I'll have them. Um, <laughs> see, a lot's changed since then. Yeah. But, uh, you know, and I kind of started watching like this on YouTube, so... Uh, you know, Brian at BHB uh, used to be snake bites back then. Yeah. Uh, that, and I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. Um, so we do things a little bit different over here to over there. Mm. Um, but, you know, I kind of thought, all right, I'll get a male. Um, and I hadn't intended to put them together initially. I had a big tank and uh, I kind of divided it up. You know, I was learning what to do, I divided it up. Um, in the end, I ended up calling the male Randy because he climbed over this wooden plank going with the team. <laughs> Um, so you know, like it went from there really, and then I started, you know, doing everything properly, and, and obviously you learn, you learn every day, don't you? And the knowledge you have back then, um, you know, you're taking it from everyone, and everyone's giving you little bits of information on what works for some people, doesn't work for other people. Um, you know, husbandry's come, come miles and miles and miles since, like, you know, back yeah. back when I was. Um, and I was probably going back. I mean, 10, 11, 12, 13 years ago, something like that. Um, and then since then, I've got, obviously, I've got leopard geckos, 
coming out of my ear holes. Um, God, <laughs> I've had around. But uh, we've got bearded dragons, turtles, um, frogs, fiber geckos, morning geckos, um, I have corn snakes, boat constrictors, pythons, scorpions, stick insects, assassin bugs, um, ant colonies. Obviously, the grubs as well, which is still like a pet, I suppose, the, the, the bugs, but um, obviously, predominantly, I use those to feed to the animals. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure there's other bits of this stuff as well, but basically, like my whole kind of life's kind of revolved around animals to the point now where um, I actually like, manage a, a pet shop, um, which I'm lucky enough to work with tons of different reptiles there as well. Um, so it's like all go constantly reptiles, come back home, reptiles, go back to work, reptiles. <laughs> how, did ever, how did you used to find? Um... Obviously, I don't know what how your shop was. Your shop might have been one of those shops that were really good at looking after what they had. But how did you find it? Like, obviously, being in front of all that, but being in front of being into a shop and then going home and doing your your hobby almost. Did you did you find it difficult? Because of obviously, in the shop, you have to like, for example, you even the best shops. Like, for example, there's a really good shop called Global Geckos, um, and they still have to keep some geckos with each other like they have to cohab because of as a shop as a business mind it's impossible to have yeah. every vid with one animal in, in it you just wouldn't earn any money yeah and you know i mean I you, have, you have to be a bit careful because obviously you work there <laughs> i'll be honest with everything and you know like the, the pet shop itself it's, it's a it's really good chain um you know and, and Nowadays, you're moving on toward more things and, and different things. So, you know, livestock being taken out of, of pet shops. And you know, that still leaves a place for us as breeders to, to, to step in and fill the voids. Um, granted, I can't speak for every pet shop, but the ones that I've worked in, at least, have been, you know, top-notch. Um, they were getting inspected, obviously, the AAL licensing and everything like that into place. Um, I keep looking over there, sorry. But, you know, basically, it's like... You're always going to have people that don't do things right, um, but it's a case of educating them. Yeah. So, even even when I've gone in, I've improved things, and then you know other people have come in and improved things on top of me, which is fantastic. Um, you know, and everyone learns off one another. Um, but I think I'm lucky enough really to work in places where you know animal welfare is at the top. Um, yeah. Customers and fun about this and that and this and that. Um, cohabbing does happen in pet shops. Does. Um, but you know, for them to have the license, they have to be able to separate them up if needed, and at all times, really, it's very, very rare that they would ever be put into one another. Um, yeah. I don't know if you keep any of your babies together personally, but like you know, in breeders, like myself and you, I don't know, but um, all my babies are kept separate. All my adults are kept separate as well, unless obviously going to breed. Yeah, because with with with, uh, the sh with shops as well, even if they are cohabbed and it is it's, it's an exceptionally good shop, that yeah, you got people because oh, I'll just go after what I see on Facebook. Go, oh, they get, that pet shop keep all their animals together. Realistically, like I said, like I said a, a minute ago, they they have to because it's a business, and also these animals are not there for long. No, that's it. I know it's an excuse. I know a lot of people are going to watch it, so that's not an excuse. But they're not there long. Do you know what I mean? But um, how do yeah? How do you like? You must when you're working. You must like because you breed and 
people come and they ask you like what would be good for someone coming into your shop buying a leopard gecko you could say like oh no this you need this supplements this is what i use is that what you, is that what you do yeah and you know it's, it's that it's i've got people that walk past or drive past shops even um to come to me which is quite nice mm. um you know and giving them experience because like i say you can get knowledge and, and information from everyone but yeah. what works for for other people and you've got to kind of take bits and pieces out of everyone's kind of information they're giving you and do it your way that works and fine obviously it's, it's a lot of for the animals um, you know I mean so you've got customers that come in and you know I mean whatever, whenever I sell an animal whether it be at work or whether it be from here I'll always say the setup 100% I'll always ask them basic questions like heat you know mm. what do them tell, tell me tell me what you know and then I'll fill in the gaps, um, have everything set up, you know. So you, you can kind of pick and pick who you, who you know is going to be the right person for the animal. Um, because we're a pet shop, or just because we're selling animals ourselves as breeders, doesn't mean you have to know that person. If they haven't got the knowledge that they need, unfortunately, you're not having the animal. Yeah, it's almost like human nature kicks in. Do you know when? You sometimes you just get that bad feeling about something. Like sometimes you get someone out and message you for a gecko, and you just have that bad feeling. Then you start asking questions, and you get some of the responses you don't like. You can say, wouldn't say it directly to somebody. I'm not sending you a gecko. I say I'll get back to you. Let's let's let the gecko grow a little bit more and whatnot. So yeah, absolutely. You you should you shouldn't feel like you have to oblige by selling someone a gecko because at the end of the day. I know not everyone viewing this will think the same. Every animal I've got is a pet. So if anything, anything goes wrong with one of my animals, they will be retired and kept as a pet. Yeah, that's it. And it's about being responsible, isn't it, I suppose? Uh, but, you know, to be honest, whenever you give someone feedback, if they then go back and change what they're doing and come back with you and say, look what I've done now, fantastic. Yeah. Because guaranteed yeah. that will be a better owner than someone set it up perfectly the first time because they've learnt and they're willing to take on criticism. Yeah, I come back and say I'm not changing nothing. Well, then you know, I think I <laughs> absolutely. It's hard for anyone starting the hobby because of we've all been there, going for Google or even asking people for other breeds advice. Everyone's got a different opinion, and you sometimes you feel like you're lost. So it is good to have someone like you in a shop because of you. Like you said, you get reoccurring customers. Oh, we're gonna go, we're gonna go to shops and speak to Scott because there's something. Quite right, and you'd be like, oh, it's, 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 it's that gecko's just ovulating. That's why it's not eating." So yeah, no, that's 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 good. And also, every time every time I speak to Scott, he always tells me something new. Like I didn't know he, he uh, Scott gifted me some um, some grubs today. I'll show you one. And I'm not I'm not an insect person. As soon as I saw these, I was like, "Right, these look soft." <laughs> Scott's got some crazy things going going on. I would never pick up a bug, but they just look like I can pick it up. <laughs> you know, and ultimately, if, if they breed and, and you get too many of them, use the grubs as food, and, and that's that's what I do. You know, it's kind of a little cycle. Uh, yeah. I start off, I mean, probably if you've seen the grubs themselves. I mean, I know you talk about Leos and that, but obviously, I've grubs into it. But the grubs themselves will start off. We got one out. Like that size. Oh damn! Um, and obviously, they'll go up to like, different sizes from there. 
actually. I mean, that's probably one which is just going to be available. But obviously, you know, it's, some get up won't eat, unfortunately. And you've got to keep trying different things to get them to eat. And that's yeah. what got one. Um, alongside the silkworms as well. I mean, I don't know if you, have you ever looked at the silkworms. I did. Yeah. Yeah. There's a big boy in there. Yeah, I won't touch these because, unfortunately, whenever you touch these, they're pretty much instantly dying. It might be a good idea you explain more about the silk. You, you know much more about me with silkies, and I know a lot of people don't really don't really know about them. They're a little bit pricey. It'd be good for you to give some insight to some people about the silkworms. Well, I suppose like the silkworms are like our equivalent to, to the American hornworms in the sense that hornworms are illegal over in American species, but the silkworms aren't. So if you let them pupate up, you know, that's been a silk cocoon, they'll hatch out as a silk moth and they'll complete the cycle like that and breed and make more eggs. Um, but the silkworms themselves, um, they're softer than waxworms, um, which obviously are readily accepted, obviously, you know, yeah. with the, the, all the fat and everything that the, the waxworm would. Um, they help with calcium absorption. So if you've got one which has got calcium deficiency or you know start onset of metabolic bone disease for whatever reason, silkworm should in theory be one of the best things to feed. Uh, it's going to help the body. Um, it also it's also got like anti uh, antibiotic properties in them. So it's it's kind of I mean the nutrition wise. Nutrition wise, it probably compares a little bit to like leopard, leopard geckos, don't feed leopard geckos. <laughs> <laughs> it usually compares to a little bit like the locusts um, in terms of like protein levels and stuff like that, but they're really, really, really soft. Uh, so if you've got geckos which are a bit fussy, some of those it should really, you know, I'd be surprised if they didn't take them. Yeah. Also, me and Scott had a conversation earlier, so I did try and breed um, worms, but they are they have no immune system so if you touch a silkworm you rather try and feed it if nothing feeds it you're better off throwing it away because if you put it back into your container everything else it will contaminate everything and like, like we were saying earlier they like spew up this white stuff it's crazy crazy there are a lot more harder um, feeder to have and obviously keep alive and everything but the benefits from them in my opinion I, I, I haven't used them enough um Scott's giving me some. I'm going to see some feeding responses with them, but maybe it'll be something uh, to order like 50 large ones and treat all your adults a one-off here and there. Even though they're great, um, but yeah, they're, they're expensive. And someone like me, I'd end up touching them all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, if, if you can, if you can do it, well, I mean, I've, I've bred them in the past, but now I get mine from the um, Silkworm store. Mm. Um, and, you know, it's constantly just being clean with them, so using clean tweezers, cleaning them tweezers after you've took one. Like you said, I've got no abuse with them. I mean, they're bred initially for, like, the silk trade, so they've been inbred and inbred and inbred and inbred, and yeah. they haven't had contact with anything. Um, so perfect feeders, but not very good at saying a lot of themselves. Yeah. Uh, Reco put a comment earlier. I don't know whether you speak to uh, Ryan at Repto Reptiles. Uh, he said, show us that sexy Max Snow. I think it was sexy. He says sexy Max Snow. Should, should show off that crazy nice um, Max Snow magic. Which which one? Which I mean, one? <laughs> <laughs> um, if you're referring to like the baby that I've got, 
was the the Bell Albino and Max Stone Miles just going into shed, unfortunately. Of course it is. Of course, the, yeah. The one. <laughs> but um with the Max Snows and that was one of the first things that I had after um I think actually I think I think one of my first the two first females I had were normals, um, followed by a high yellow male. Then that was followed by uh, the Max Snow, another Max Snow female, which I've still got actually. Um, and that kind of got me into like the Max Snows. But I'm kind of trying to breed now for white, more so than anything. Um, so that's one of the babies. You can see it's not really hot. Any high white, very little yellow on it. Um, which is what I want to kind of try and breed for. Um, but it's also potentially heavily in hence why it's so, so spotty. Stunning, mate, stunning. I've seen some of your snows on your Instagram uh, class. Because a lot of Max snows, um, they end up looking like normals, don't they? So just your normal Max snows sometimes. So when you get good quality like that, it does, it does sh show through. I mean, this was my this was my original uh, Max Snow Eclipse male Het Bellarbino. Uh, not Het Bellarbino, sorry, Het Lizard. Um, so you can see that himself. He hasn't really got much yellowing on him either. So it's quite a good starting point to go from. Stunning, mate. Stunning. And will people viewing, will you have any, ba of, any of that baby from that pairing or any babies going to be available soon? I'll be honest, a lot of my babies, uh, I've been quite lucky, a lot of the babies have, have sold. Um, yeah. I started off quite early in the season, so I mean, really I was I was like nearly fully paired by like the end of Jan. Um, you know, right. I started in December, so my season started really, really, really early. The only thing I started later on with was the uh, the Tangs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, some Tangs! <laughs> um, you know, that's what I started later on with, so at the moment that's what I've got most of. If that Max Snow baby that I showed turns out to be a male, then I'm probably not going to end up keeping it, to be honest, because I want a female. Um, I've got quite a lot of males in that kind of bloodline. Um, I've got Max Snow, Bell Albino male, which I keep changing my mind on whether or not to keep it or not. Um, but that's the one that's just going into shed. But that's from, that's from the same male that's producing like the high white ones. Stunning man. Yeah, to go <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in terms of like the tangs, I mean what 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 do you want to see? So what what so I don't know much about I know you work with snows, I know you got purple heads. Um I don't know what lines of tangs do you work with? Like, do you, do you, look, for example, I have uh, I have red diamonds, I have inferno, I have green line, I have GNT. Um, yeah, what 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 tank stuff are you working with? I'd I'd love to see the, the, the purple heads or the, the crosses, aren't they? Purple head crosses. So it's a purple head blood, uh, which is the main the main female on that line. Geckos all wrong, I think. <laughs> Yeah, so it's a purple head blood, which is the, the main from that. She's just getting the colour back. I don't know if you looked at the post or whatnot, but she lost a little bit of weight and colour over the um, over the season. Yeah. yeah season and, and she she done quite well. But uh, it's not going to show the proper colour on that, is it? That's the oh, main thing. At that one spot as well. <laughs> nice, man. Yeah. She's nice, but 
that that one there compared to the Afghan male, which I presume has got something in it further down the line, the quite orange for Afghans. That produces, and this is the one that I was posting the head out of for, for quite a long time until I stopped last week. But that's where that popped out, which is gorgeous. And, and that, that there just turned two months old, man. It's massive. It's a big, a big girl. Like, to say that, I mean, the same kind of way. I'm not developing as fast as her by, by any means. Um, but they're, they're, they're doing all right. They're doing all right. I mean, that's the... That's the male. Oh. Nice. Stunning, man. What's that between them? Yeah. Uh, I think I've got four of those, um, which I'm probably going to release. Um, it depends on how well the colours do. You know, when you when you're breeding tans or any line bred trait, really, when when you're pairing two of them up together, you're always going to have 25 percent that come out better. Really, 50 yeah. percent come out the same. 25 percent that come out looking like normals. That comes back down. We've got a question here from Bradley Perry. I was supposed to answer it on the last live, but I had a few too many, few too many beers. Uh, what age would you say is the best to see a baby's full potential, like whether to hold it back? I say between that 20 and 30 gram mark. Um, more pushing towards the 30 gram mark, because that way you can see the full potential. To me personally, after, after 30, 40 grams, they don't really get, they don't really improve that much, or maybe even darken up down, in my opinion. Um, what's your take on that, Scott? Yeah, I mean, there's a ma- there's a male here that was quite um, quite bright as a baby, mm. and it was only like the last probably probably the, the start of the shoot started darkening down, and by then it was, it was coming up to a year old. So that can always change, but really by about thirty gram mark, um, all the tangs will probably be here to them between twenty to thirty grams, just so I can see what yeah. the whole. But I think I've got my uh, two. Um, well, yeah, I mean, like, it differs. It's genetics, isn't it? So you could have one week which pops straight away and you think that's going to be great. And then by the time it gets to 30 grams, it, it looks yeah. like... Or it could, it could be yeah. a not average-looking gecko. It's like with a lot of albinos. Um, they just come out banded. Give them yeah. sort of 20, 30 grand and then the patterning starts blushing through. So, yeah, 100%. Uh, Kyrie said, "What? Uh, I suppose this is what we mentioned earlier. Um, other than leopard geckos, is there any other mammals? Um, I know, obviously, we, we do the beetles and breed up, assuming you breed other insects or other feeders. Is there any other animals you work with other than leopard geckos right now? Yeah, so um, actually from the shop that I, that I started in um, two two years ago, when I, mean, I moved over to that shop, there was a pair of pied mossy frogs and called bird poo frogs as well, but pied mossy frogs. Oh yeah, my sister had some of those, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, and I was peeking through the enclosures and looking around and thinking, oh, it's pretty cool, these look all right. Look down, there's a little tadpole going around in the bottom, I was like, okay. Yeah, <laughs> so I, uh, I come back and I've got a tank set up, whatever, a big bio tank. Um, put them 
got them started. I got some fresh blood, and there's about I've got about thirty of them now. No, um, wow. On the college and that, so I'm going to get to the college. Uh, that actually gave me some of them through Beatles as well. So, so oh, it's a relationship. Okay. But the, right, the point, the videos and the frogs. Yeah, in terms of breeding wise, yeah, yeah. Um, I've done a lot of prime mixes and stuff in the past as well, but I take so much time. Uh, cost mm-hmm. probably costs more to feed the prime mantises than it does the leopard geckos. With how many hatch out, like you have three, four hundred out of one egg, it's insane. <laughs> yeah, and you got to buy the tiny, tiny like fruit flies. And um, Mr. Yeah. G Breeder said, "What college? If, if you're happy to share." You know, that's uh, that's how I was in college. Really, really good college, to be fair. Um, really good for animal care. That's where I went initially. Uh, years years gone by. <laughs> that's where I went. Um, they've got a really, really good like reptile section now in uh, amphibian section. Just setting up a brand new kind of room for them. Um, hence why they're having some of them frogs as well. The frogs are great, but if you hear it through this live, I do like to make a bit of noise. <laughs> Yeah, my, my my sister used to keep a ton of um, she used to keep a ton of frogs. She used to keep Pac Men, um, white trees, uh, the bird poo frogs. Um, what else did she had? I think she even had a tomato frog. And my parents used to always say they could just hear croaking from her room twenty four seven. So yeah, yeah, exactly what you're saying. If you can hear them, that they are noisy frogs. Um, at one point and I stopped I stopped breeding um, it's quite hard to get into breed because they need lower temperatures and I recorded them and I started playing it and they started calling back and after that I started breeding again <laughs> so it kind of clicked them into breeding which was pretty cool what people don't realise is our feeders are our pets as well like with my crickets I take them out and put them in a setup and bug gel grub and I change that every couple of days like they, they work out as a pretty much a pet themselves what yeah. other lithomorphs do you want to work with that you don't have already? That's a that's a that's a good question actually. Um I think for me, and I know this will probably shock some people um watching this because I've probably said something bad about it before, but a cipher is really interesting me at the moment. Um I think uh, J- um, he's John at Gecko Bowie, ain't he? Yeah, John at Gecko Bowie posted a Tremper one. I believe it was a Tremper one, and ever since then I'm like Oh, I like the look of that. Um, what about you, Scott? See, a lot of my tans at the moment are quite bright, um, and I want to try and darken that down a little bit. So you know, it's, it's going to have to be like the, the black knots now that go into that eventually, probably next year, hopefully. Um, you know, and and other things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think it was um, Bell Cipher, Chloe. I remember it being an albino of some kind. Um, but yeah, it must have been that. It was like a, like a pink animal with a stripe. It was crazy. Um, high contrast geckos. Have you seen the pixel stuff in Germany? Yeah, I, I love it. I actually messaged Mole because of, I, was, I was just being a breeder and loving genetics. I was just thinking, how has he managed to keep that spotting like, going down? Um, so I just said to him, is there any like het MP or blizzard like at all? Because I, I, most of you know that het blizzards or MP produce a spotty animal. Um, and he just said, no, not not involved at all. So, yeah, I have seen it. I think it's going to be a, a good thing. Have you seen the pixel stuff, Scott? I haven't, to be fair. I'm going to have a look at that after this. I have to send you some pictures. Yeah. It's literally like a... Um, it's uh, yeah, it's literally like a, it looks like a head and peel almost, like the, the black spotting. Um, yeah. Quite nice actually, and I think it's gonna 
going to be a big thing. Um, what is your what is your project you are most looking forward to working with? Like, what have you? What in your collection do you, are you like most proud about? What what do you what excites you the most of what you've got? I tell you, I tell you what, I've got um, uh, a couple of months back. I picked up some uh, universe stuff and belt um, yeah, universe and galaxies off of Chris for at CF. And they're gorgeous, man. They're, they're really, really nice. But um, yeah, they're really, really nice. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that stuff, and obviously that's white and yellow as well. Um, so that's a, a different topic, but. Um, Your gecko collection must—it must have doubled since you've been talking to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> My bank balance is divided. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're gorgeous. I mean, that's one from. Never gonna be able to get this. You do it so well compared to me holding them up right. But you know, that's that's one of Chris's. Um, universe. So I'll be doing that. What I'm most excited about, it's hard because they're, they're all different projects for different reasons and it's, it's hard to pick out one. Um, but I am looking forward to doing more with, with the Tangs. But saying that, I do like the Snows and that's kind of what's been bred into me, I suppose. So, I don't know, mate. Maybe further oh, down I'd the like line, I'll try and... Like yeah. yeah. I'd to combine them all to, to make like the creamsicles and stuff like that, but... yeah. Yeah, that's, I don't know. That's the answer you don't know. It's too many to choose from. Too many to choose from. Um, I've got another question. This could be people uh, watching this could probably put an answer into this as well because everyone's opinion is different and whatnot. Uh, another mess- Another question from Bradley Perry is, with homemade incubators, what is the best thermostat? Like, What, what thermostat would you suggest? I, I would say a Pulse Habistat, me personally. Every, anyone else's opinion put it in the comments what about you Scott do you use homemade incubators you might not use homemade incubators yeah. you might use... Man, no no I yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't. of course I don't <laughs> yeah I'll just sit on the eggs I'm just incubating that way to myself <laughs> <laughs> like a penguin <laughs> uh, uh, I, I use um, I've, I've read a lot about the, the pulse and it looks great but I've always used the pivot and you know up until the end of this year when we had like that extreme heat i've never had an issue with it um so i was a bit hesitant to try and change that method a little bit because if, if it's not broken that don't try and fix it in, in that sense Absolutely. you know that's what i'd want to do is swap it over pull a pulse on it um and then something mess up and i think it's that and yeah if it's if it's not broken then don't try and fix it yeah um, where do you guys see, like me, where do me and you see ourselves in 10 years in the hobby? I mean, I, I think this was asked on the last live. I don't know where I'm going to be. I, I asked you this difficult question on, on yours and Chloe's, and I said five years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have 10. Where do you see in 10? <laughs> um, for uh, me, um, I'd like to maybe think that in 10 years, if I was able to do this as an everyday, that would be a win in my eyes. Um, yeah. As in what I'm doing, I just want to strengthen what I've got, um, make my tangerines more orange, make my super giants bigger. Um, yeah, what about you, Scott? I think I'd, I'd still like to have the, like some of the original lines that I've got now. 
Um, but things are always changing, things are always coming out. So I do really, really, really want to go down like the Black Knight Tangs. Because um, I think they're yeah. cool and I've seen a lot of people working with them. So that would be that for me. Um, but I also like um, the Doe Allrights, which are like the, the really, really spotty ones. Some of them are lizards, some of them are no, endless, but like the, the Super Snows. Um, I've got a couple of those now and I, I really like those. Um, not for everyone, but I'd want to probably do more with that as well further down the line. But like you say, it's, it's the dream, isn't it, to, to have your own thing and be sufficient from that. Um, yeah. But when, when, do you make, when do you make that decision? Um, I suppose it's when, when you start losing out on sales because you've got your job and you, you end yeah. up losing money. I, th you know. I think it's a risk as well. I think it, it, it takes, I'd say like I've only been breeding since, um, I'll say 2016 really, properly 2017. I'd say I'd probably think about it. It's, it's a big leap. It's a big leap to go from stable. Because with Leo's, how I see it is it's um, seasonal money sort of thing. Um, like you, your, your leopard geckos will breed through. You, you know what I'm trying to say. With, with work and you've got money coming in all the time. With leopard geckos, you might have a month where people decide they're not buying any leopard geckos. So it is a risk. Yeah. But I think it comes down to reputation and wholesale... Um, having like your wholesale accounts not wholesale accounts but you know what i mean having like people you can sell to pet shops and stuff like that um but i'd love to i'd love to think in 10 years time I, I, this is all i'll do because of this is this is the only thing that goes through my head so it's a hard question that and where do you see yourself in 10 years? i don't know if i weren't doing leopard geckos i don't even know what i'll be doing in 10 years <laughs> <laughs> even if i was doing what i'm doing yeah <laughs> Yeah, I think even if I was doing what I'm doing now, I'd, I'd still be happy. Um, and ultimately, if I wasn't, I wouldn't be doing it, so. Yeah. Um, this is a good question, actually, because if you've, helped, you've helped myself out and you've helped Jay out. Um, how do I get my social media like, you, it, like your level? Like your level? <sighs> a lot of it comes down to algorithm. Um, and look, <laughs> you know, even I'll, I'll still post things and, and you know, you'll saw and then the next day you'll post something and you've got like three likes in like the first 10 minutes and you know then that that's going to be a bad post. Um, yeah. Ultimately, it's, it's about forming a base on the algorithm, I suppose. So using a few select keywords that, that you're constantly using and changing the rest of the words. What will happen is if you, if you keep, using the same hashtags over and over and over and over again, you'll get shadow banned, you know, I think you're spanning. Mm -hmm. um, if you mix it up slightly, every so often changing the hashtags over, you'll increase your reach. But the hashtags itself isn't the only way to reach the audience. It's the explore page. And by having the explore page, you know, you need to be posting good quality HD pictures, really, that are, are catching the eye. Um, you need to have that base of people that come back and, and like your page. You need to be active on there and regular, commenting on people's posts and commenting on people's comments when they comment yeah. on your, um, and just being people's eye. Just be really, really, really engaging. So like you can see on my stories lately, I've been doing little things that are making people hold, hold it down a little bit, spend that little bit longer on the, on the story, trying to find things in the pictures, um, going backwards. The moment someone pressed backwards to look at it again, triggers the algorithm to think okay this is something worth watching and pushes it up a little bit um yeah. but you're always going to have good posts you're always going to have bad posts but if you compare my page to someone else on the 
with the similar followers, some people are going to be sky high on the likes and some people are going to be you know, right down like to 40, 50 likes. It, it comes down to luck as well. Yeah. What I noticed as well is ever since I started doing a bit more interactions on my story, like uh, similar to what you do, Scott, like one or two, what one do you like? One or two. And it gives someone, you know what I mean? People to interact with you sort of thing. And I feel like ever since doing that and posting more on my stories and spending a bit more time posting my stories um it seems to have helped with that as well and i've done i think i've done two reels because remember you're saying yeah. um, at the moment instagram are like almost in competition with tiktok yeah. so uh, reels are getting like exposed a bit more and i had one with a crusty hatching and i think that reached six thousand people or so- something silly like that so yeah little, little things like that can can definitely help and having friends uh, having people sh- like every time i'll post a photo i'll get like wade chloe or a few other people they'll they'll share it on their story and vice versa little things like that make all the difference i think saving but, as well saving the marketing on it if you can get people to save the post that'll have a that'll cause a bigger reach than people liking it um really? and Lots come alongside with it, but kind of how it's staggered, I'd say it would be like saving because if it's something worth saving, it's something worth looking at, and that'll push it oh. onto other people. Um, you know, then like the comments because obviously, if it's people are commenting, people are going to be reading it, they're going to be spending more time on Instagram, and that's yeah. what it wants. Then, followed by everything else, really, you know, if someone's liking a picture, it's great, um, but that's not telling Instagram that you're going to be on there for longer. All he's saying is you like a picture. It's not going to say you're going to go back to the picture. It's not going to say that you're really, really involved in that picture. You're not doing nothing with it. All you're doing is liking it and then scrolling past, liking it and scrolling past. Yeah. Um, there's nothing now. So if you can do something which is going to grab the attention and, and cause them to kind of interact with you a little bit more, you'll have a bigger yeah. spike, I think, in like likes or followers or whatever you're after. Good quality photos help as well. I mean, if you get like, you haven't necessarily got to have a camera. If you've got like a good setup, like for example, Chloe, um, I don't know how you take your photos, Scott. Is yours off of a mobile? Uh, half and half, I think, really. Yeah. Half and half. So good, good quality pictures, whether it's phone, camera, they do. Like, I mean, if you've got a photo of your gecko in your hand and you tuck it into a bacon sandwich and a bottle of ketchup Heinz is behind you, it's not really going to get that many likes. But good quality photos help as well. And they also help with, um, not that it matters, it also helps with moving your geckos on. Because um, mm-hmm. even like a Google, if you get a really good camera, or um, even like Siobhan's phone, her phone's ridiculously good at taking pictures. It can make uh, just even a normal gecko look special. So invest in something good and getting good photos for sure. Um, what is your what is is what is your inspiration in the hobby, and how did you fall into it? Because this comes down to what I was saying to you earlier. It's like. Six months ago, you've been in, around for a while. And we had that conversation earlier and Scott said, I didn't realise the hobby was like how it was. Like we, I didn't realise everyone was talking to each other and there's trades and um, especially with Cresties, you see people, they'll be like, oh, borrow my mail and what they're called, um, collab, no, no. do a collab. Um, so yeah, what's your, what's your take on that? I think what got me into it... I suppose I was young 
And when you're young, you want to try loads of different things. I thought it was cool. <laughs> yeah. um, so probably that, and obviously watching like the YouTubers and stuff back in the day, and thinking that looks pretty cool. I'll, I want, I want some of that as well. Um, what's really kept me in it, I suppose, is I just enjoy it, plain yeah. and simple. You know, well, what took you, you so long to come out of your shell? Mate, honestly, <laughs> I, I, I mean, if, you, if you speak to Wade, like he'll tell you, Wade over at JW. Um, I, I didn't speak to anyone. The only time I ever spoke to anyone was if I wanted a gecko. If I, if if that wasn't in the case, I, I didn't speak to no one. Unless I was selling them to customers, selling them to this and that. Um, I'd never sold to any other breeders, anything like that, really. It was just all, like, local. Um, and then Wade popped up and started talking to me. I was like, all right. Um, obviously, he told me to start talking to other people as well, which I did. Um, and it's great. <laughs> You know, it's, yeah. it's like, I, I feel like I'm in a different hobby now to where I was two or three years ago. Yeah, it's almost like you encourage each other as well. Like, especially in yeah. the WhatsApp group chat we've got going on, you see all the hatchlings and you're, agony, you're like, you're almost egging each other on. You make, you're making each other feel good about what you're doing. Like, when I get a hatch and I think, oh, I can't wait to show it. It's a stripe. I know Chris is seeing them love stripes. Or, oh, Kobe will love this. I can't wait to post and see what she says. Yeah. That's it, and I suppose in a way as well, it, that becomes part of the hobby. Because at the moment, like well, beforehand it was just like the geckos. That was the hobby. Um, you know, weren't really breeding for any projects, weren't really doing this, weren't really doing that. Whereas now I know what I want, where I want to be, um, who to talk to, who not, you know, stuff like that. Um, I lost my train of thought. But um, you got you got lucky. You're here now, and that's all that matters. You're here. You're here with us. You got the best bunch of people around you. That that becomes part of the hobby, then, doesn't it? Because instead of it just being the geckos, it becomes like the social media aspect of it. Becomes the the proper the social structure of it, and that that's kind of making up a lot of the hobby as well. I mean, it makes up half of it for me now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm addicted to it. Oh, I, talking to everybody, posting on stories. I've got, I've got really, and that's probably bad. I've got, I just got addicted to Gecko so badly. It's really... We said earlier, didn't we? You know, we'll be on conversations with missus and whatnot. We'll be on our phones constantly. Yeah. And it's just, it takes up a lot yeah. of time. Literally, Anne will be sitting next to me and she goes, oh, hi, oh, you're going to give me a cuddle today. You've just walked in and sat down and I'm starting your phone. I go, one minute, one minute. I've just got to, got to message Scott. I've got to message Scott. But it's because I love doing it, and it's, 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 it's yeah, like what just Wade just said. It's, it is a real, real addiction. Um, Scott, I, I don't know whether it's the one you just showed. There was a hatch. I think it was a hatchling. It was a, a young gecko you posted, and it was showing a high amount of yellow, uh, not yellow, purple. Is that is that also from a purple head? When when was that one from? I think it was on your page. I think it was yesterday. You might have posted it. Okay, so <laughs> that one. That. <laughs> that that one's from um, the Afghans. That is because magic in the chat. Um, not you, Scott. Because this is where I get curious. Guys, is Scott magic? I go. Scott is magic morphs, and magic is magic. Just, um, just but magic loves um, Afghans. <laughs> but that's that's what come out. And honestly, uh, up until was it last night or the night before, it was dark. Um, didn't shed, didn't even, didn't shed. Changed it into the into a, a bigger enclosure or whatnot, and it literally overnight. It's oh, I can't get the phone. I can't get it, but overnight, 
like that. But that tiles, what does it for me? And beneath, I mean, you're probably not going to be able to see underneath that. But like that, Orange. up to that, that like ombre. Dark. Yeah. Um, but it's gorgeous. Words, ombre. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's it's a re it's a really really nice gecko. Um, so I'll, I'll be keeping it. It's unfortunately though, it's not being picked up properly on the colours because these yellows, uh, oranges, they're that's like a dark orange, but you can't really see it on the camera, which is a shame. Have you got uh, any one. more from that pairing? You know what? That one is the only one. That oh. um you know and i think i think she had i think she i think she laid six eggs um and i think there were about three of them were fertile lost two um and that was the only one um luckily i bred for females though so hopefully if that one's a female she'll be staying mm. um and that'll be the collection then going forward for next year i'll, I'll try that female again it was a first year so you know, maybe next year will be different, but if not, obviously that one's there as a backup then, providing that she's, she doesn't follow suit and just make, make one good egg. Yeah. I don't know whether you've noticed, I don't know whether Magic could probably help or anyone watching this who's uh, had to Afghan. Do you find they're a, a little bit smaller than um, other, other, other morphs, other combos? I just find they're a little bit smaller. Yeah, I mean, like I say, I mean... My my ones are orange. Like I'm, I'm looking at other people's Afghans, and they're more like a like a yellowy kind of colour, more so than mm. anything. From what I've seen, you know, whether or not that's the, the saturation not showing up properly on the pictures or or whatnot. But I'd say that further down the line in the past, that these were probably outcrossed at some point um, yeah. because they're a lot more orange. Now, whether or not that's affected the size, I don't know. But like that one there, that male. Like, he's not massive by any means. I think he's about seventy-eight grams, but you can see the size of his head. You know, he's not—he's not a small gecko. Yeah, small gecko. Um. So, I mean, I have—I haven't—I haven't seen that. And even the female—I think the female Afghans uh, watched yet. I think she's at about sixty. She's at sixty-seven grams. She's, um, and that's after after the season. So. To be fair, the only, the only female that's really lost weight this season is the uh, is the purple head blood, which I really didn't want to happen because I wanted her to be uh, fit and fit and healthy, nice and chunky going forward. But she's uh, she's putting it back on now. Yeah, what Wade just said, I, I always thought, um, isn't that just the morph? As that is, isn't I, I'm I'm not too good with the science behind all these things. I just thought it was the Afghan morph than uh, opposed to an Afghan species crossing or whatever. Um, yeah. I, think, I don't know whether you know about it, Scott. I think Magic, Magic's got loads of Afghans. He loves he loves them. Um, I just thought it was just the morph. It was just, that's what it was, the morph was called. Um, yeah. I didn't think it was a yeah. yeah, that that that's it. You know, there's nothing stopping you from putting that into something else, but it's just, it's just the morph. Yeah, I, I, I thought that too. I thought that too. But yeah, always got to make sure. I'm, I, I, yeah, I'm learning every day. I'm learning. I'm learning every day. So, so that was that the only um, baby you had from the Afghan, or was it just from that pairing? Just the one. The only baby from the from the Afghan pairing. So the Afghan to Afghan, the Afghan tang to the purple head blood are the ones that are popping out. The other ones that I showed you. So the male yeah. sound is is my favorite, right. You know, proper good babies. Um, just that one female, unfortunately. But 
we had, had a weird summer and like I said you know the, the incubator was the first time it's it messed up a little bit for me um, so I, I could put it down to that I could put it down to all the factors first female you know it's could be anything yeah man so Eddie, I know you love your Macs and I know you love your Afghans what, what other stuff are you working with I've got Diablos. Um, oh, yeah. So I've got, you know, I've got a trio of Diablos. Um, I keep looking at there because that's where all the geckos are. <laughs> um, there's, I've still got, I've still got some of the old ones which I had from pets. I've still got the my original male which I had all those years back, the high yellow. I've still got the original Max. No, I went on to Sunglows as well. Like that was the first. Uh, like the first other morph I went into after like the Max Nose and stuff I went on to the Sun Glows um, I was lucky enough to get the first Sun Glow back that I made so I've got those but really it's going to be um, Sun Glows obviously normal Afghans Purplehead Bloods Super Snows Max Snows Diablos and then obviously the Sun Glows I mean it's quite a big a big boy as well <laughs> Lose the first one, first one that I made. So, but you must have been, it's, it's, things like that is what makes this fun as well. Like you look at them, I made that so many years ago. Look at him now, yeah, mate. I, it was, I was tough when it come back to me. I was. But he's a big, he's a big boy, <laughs> and the parents aren't that big at all. Like they're, they're. I mean, they're tiny in comparison to him. Yeah. Yeah. That would be perfect, Gecko. If anyone's got any questions, you can you can sling them you can sling them down below. Because you ain't got back to you in two point five years, Chloe. Oh, have you both been to Doncaster show before? I've never been. I've been yeah, I've been to a few. Um, I had my own table. Um, I think it was September twenty nineteen. Um, brilliant. I recommend it to everybody. Um, if you love reptiles, you're going to have a field day. I mean, there's table after table. There's even another floor upstairs. There's loads and loads, literally loads and loads of animals. It's just heaven. I can't say anymore. It's heaven. You get to meet everybody as well. Um, I felt like, personally, I felt like um, when I got into the hobby, after going to the Doncaster show, that's when people started opening up to me. It's like putting a page to a face kind of thing. And um, that's what we're doing all these lives for as well. Um, but yeah, no, I, I recommend it. Have you ever been to been to one before, Scott? No, I've, honestly, I've never been to a reptile show, which is pretty sad. <laughs> yeah. But um, I'm hoping to go this year. Well, like I said to you earlier, it's, it's the day after um, after a festival. So if I go to that, it's going to be pretty sketchy getting there in the morning after. <laughs> <laughs> if I don't go to this one, I'll definitely go to the, one of the next ones. Uh, yeah. off work, There's but, also um, a... Um, uh, Gil I don't know where, where you're located, Hannah. Um, there's also one in Guildford. That's down south near me. Um, I'll also be going to that one. Uh, I'll have a table with CNM Reptiles, and I think Tribal Reptiles is just going to be with us at the time. So, yeah, no, it's good things. I think there's a few shows opening up. Um, while we're talking about it, I spoke to Scott about it. For everyone listen watching this or listening, or even on YouTube, so I've got an idea. Um, it might people might think it's a bad idea, people might think it's a good idea. I like to hear everyone's feedback from me, we can talk after and whatnot. And I spoke to Scott, Scott thinks it's a great idea. So, yeah. I actually originally got this idea from I said idea a lot, haven't I? 
originally got this idea uh, from America. And um, basically what they've done is they've almost done like a an online show. I know there's been a few people that have tried to do it in the past by doing a website and there was somebody trying to do it when uh, we had a lockdown and it just didn't go too well. But I'm thinking of having like uh, 15, 20 people. Everyone gets a 10-minute slot on a live. Uh, there will be no talking. There will be no showing your face. It will just be a table with your geckos in like your ta uh, like your transportation tubs or de or deli cups whatever with the morphs in it like you would see at a show uh, and then you can showcase your animals for 10 minutes and then it'll pass them to the next person and if if someone wants to buy a um, gecko off of you they'll have to pm you so that so there's no worries about payments or anything something i'm thinking of doing do a live like every three four months we'll get 15 20 people on all show, show our animals off to everybody almost have like almost an, an online show but just for leopard geckos cresties and similar things like that nothing too serious so yeah i talked to scott the other day about it and he was like hey you're on to something there <laughs> yeah definitely man and like like i said like back in the day when i first started um especially people that are just getting into it they might not want to go to the shows um mm. you know up until last year you know you, you can get everything on, on online or on pictures and whatnot you don't necessarily need to go to the shows well, it's yeah. nice to be involved in that and it gets you to see things that you wouldn't otherwise be looking for. You might see something and go, well, actually, you look mm -hmm. into it and you think, yeah, I want to work with that. So I think it's a good idea. I do. Yeah. Um, like, like you said, not every, when I used to do the courier, a lot of people don't drive. It, it's only until I started doing my courier and I started going to people, a lot of people don't don't drive. Um, so I'm thinking of doing it. I'm going to have to get a few of us. Um, I'm just thinking every three months after Donnie and stuff, there's so many people that can't get to these shows. Um, have a live, organise a live, everyone gets a 10 minute slot, have all your geckos in tubs with, with the genetics on it, no price so you don't get in trouble and then everyone gets a 10 minute slot to show off their stuff and then move on to the next person and people can PM you or PM you after the show. You, I think it would be a good idea. I, maybe get, I might get a little poll going um but yeah like what neil said free rack giveaway on the online show question mark question mark yeah that, exactly so this is an idea i've got so everyone watching this this is an idea i've got going um if people are down for it if i get a few people saying yep 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 then i'll, I'll get something organized um but yeah uh, it won't be before donnie otherwise no one's gonna no one's gonna do it but even ireland it, ireland we can get stuff to them from you can even irish people can get involved i just think it'd be good for all of us to showcase them because of there's so many breeders out there that haven't got a page there's so many people that are breeding geckos that we don't even know are breeding. i didn't even know scott was breeding he's been breeding probably longer than me he's only i only found out he's breeding six months ago do you know what I mean? So, yeah. it's a nice you, way to show. I, I think it's a good idea. I do, and like I say, people that are more, you know, the main problem you're going to have is getting it out to people that don't know about it. So it's going to yeah. rely on the hobby and us guys like sharing it and telling people about it. Because you know, say, say for example, it was me six, well not six months ago, but say last year sometime, start of last year, I wouldn't have known that was happening because I wouldn't be speaking to anyone. Mm, um, no, so, yeah. Yeah. how do you do that because otherwise all you're going to have is the people that are already in the hobby and already know what people are breeding already know what people have got are going to be looking at it it'd be yeah. nice to bring new people in um and and showcase it that way so you know 
having sponsored things or giveaways or something like that, which is going to bring new people into the hobby, um, yeah. would be the ideal situation, really, because that, that's how it would spread, and I think that's how it would um, kind of take off a little bit. Um, what Hannah said, I probably would do. I'll have to have a look a little bit more into it. It probably would be Instagram or maybe even YouTube. I'll say Instagram because of with Instagram, I can literally kick someone off. So all someone would need is literally a phone. Uh, ideally, if everyone can get a ring light, uh, I mean, £10 Amazon, you can make yourself look. If you're looking professional, people are going to, if you look the part, people are going to be more interested. Um, I'm thinking through Instagram, we have it all booked in. People have a 10 minute slot, 15 minute slot, show off their stuff. Uh, you haven't got to be talking. Um, it'll look like as if you was at a show. Like it's part, you're looking at, it's like me vending at the show and we're just all watching it on, on um, Instagram. I think it would be a really good idea. I know the Americans done it and it, it, it did really well. But like Scott said, it will just be all of us looking at it. So we'll have to share it out and all team up together. Um, I mean, I, I don't do the courier anymore, so I've got loads, so much spare time, and this is what I love doing. So I don't mind doing stuff, and we get people like Scott, Jay, and to help out, even Dave. I know Neil just said about we'll get maybe we'll chuck a free rack in on the online show, sort of thing. So yeah, if if, if everyone thinks it's a good idea, we'll we'll give it a try. If it doesn't work, then we can say we tried and but don't do it again. <laughs> yeah, Any more questions, anyone? Go on, Scott. Go on, Scott. Get that sexy voice going. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say I'd be, I'd be surprised if it didn't work. Because, like I say, going, going back to the mindset of like a year ago, that would have been great because you know I wouldn't I wouldn't be going to those shows. Why would I have gone to a show? I didn't speak to no one. I didn't I didn't know anyone. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. You know, whatever I wanted, I got through just just messaging people. So people that are reserved, I think it would just open the door for massively. Yeah. Um, and people talking to people as well. You know, because. Ultimately, it'll start conversations off. Yeah. I wish that I'd talked to people years and years back. Like I can only imagine where I'd be now if I'd started talking to people I am now, you know, five years ago. Yeah. That would be crazy. That's what Basically. I love. I love helping people. I'm a, my missus would tell you, as soon as I get talking, you won't, you won't get me stopping. That's just how I am. I'm a people person, quite sociable. I love helping. Um, when people message even with silly questions i love helping i do get absolutely flooded with messages so if, if i don't respond don't please please don't take it personally i will get back to you um but yeah like like we said i think i think i think it would be great even like um you know when you when you've got a hundred plus hatchlings and someone says oh can you show me a photo you can say i'll tell you what I'm actually doing a online show um, on Friday the 20th, let's say, for example. You can see all my stuff there. Um, Mr. G Breeder, I go to bed at 10. I go to bed at 10. <laughs> he messages me at like 12 o'clock at night. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think it'd be a good idea. I'll get a little poll going. Um, yeah, it'll be for like UK, Ireland, Scotland. Um, then hopefully we can maybe even speak to a courier, get a good rate, and we can all have a load of geckos go out once sort of thing. But, yeah, the future's bright, and I love how everyone's getting involved. Loads of people doing the lives, YouTubes. The scene is popping at the moment because of what I always say to Americans, it's different in America than the UK. Um, you, you're more likely to get 
the mick ripped out of you for doing something like this in the uk whereas in america it's a, i don't know I, i'm just saying that it, I, I think in america they have more of a confidence for this sort of thing over here it's a bit like oh i don't want my boys from school seeing this sort of thing um but yeah I like getting people out of their shells and look at scott he's out of his shell the tiny little shell it was even <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's still people that i don't talk to now and you know if i haven't spoken to anyone Pop up and speak to me because it's not that I don't want to talk to you. It might just be the fact that I don't know you there. Um, yeah. So you know, I'll I'll never not reply to anyone. I don't think there's anyone that I've never replied to. To be fair, so <laughs> it might take a while to get some replies, but um, I'll reply to anyone that wants to talk. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Say and vice versa. Look, <laughs> he's such a wind up, Mike. Look at him. Hi. <laughs> Has anyone got any more questions? Any more questions? Did you get any questions, Scott? Anything worth mentioning? I mean, there was, there was questions that were saying, like, how do you get into breeding and, and um, like, what to expect? Like, what things would come at us as a surprise? Um, Ultimately, nothing would a surprise, I don't think, because as long as you're doing your research, you should be prepared for everything. Yeah. But it's not always the case, you know. You might think you got you got to think you're producing animals. Um, they have so many babies in the wild, well, so many eggs in the wild, and so many babies in captivity. Not every baby is going to be the healthiest, most liveliest, most screamingest baby in the world. Um, sometimes you're going to have bad eggs. Sometimes you're going to have yeah. bad babies. Um, but it's, it's what you do with that and, and how you handle it. So. If you if you're having bad ba bad babies from a certain pairing, retire them. Um, yeah. You know, if you're having bad geckos, bad babies coming out, and it's your own fault. Do more research and seek help. So if you're having like metabolic bone disease and stuff like that, you're not sure how to deal with it, which you shouldn't be if you've done your right research. Um, but some babies do hatch out weaker than one another. Um, you know, learn how to deal with things and, and make sure you've got that community around you that you can ask advice. Um, other than that, you know, it's, it's making sure that if you do go down the breeding route, you don't just do it for the sake of it. You know, you're not just going to get a male and female heart rate and keep them together. You've got the facilities to look after the babies if you can't sell them. Because, yeah. you know, especially like last year, uh, the year before, you know, COVID hit, a lot of shops themselves that people were relying on selling wholesale stop taking in them because they couldn't sell stuff or the shops were shut in. Everything slowed down, trade slowed right down. Now, if you were just a breeder that had just gone into it and you didn't know what you was doing and you had paired 10 geckos, you know, potentially yeah. you're going you to have a lot of eggs. If you can't move them on, you've got to be prepared to look after them. Yeah. Um, you're bringing something to the world, you're responsible for it until, you know, someone else is basically. Um, a, lot, a lot of people that realise as well is, I mean, a majority of first-time breeders, you, you'd be lucky to get six, eight eggs, but you still need to, in the back of your head, the best thing to do, so let's say you've got one female, you're thinking, oh, I should only get six eggs. Make sure in the back of your head you think, I'm going to get 12. That way you know you're covered. So you know, I've got enough space here for 12. Oh, once she only gave me six eggs. Well, at least you know you've got yeah. the to, Do you know what I mean? Just make, just over. So if you've got, if you've got three females in the back of your head, think I'm going to have 40 babies. So that way you, you, you'll be, you'll be safe because of, I know a few people, Adam at Isle of Wight geckos. He's a third time, first time breeders, like 12, 14 eggs. Like how crazy is that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's it. You know, 
unexpected sometimes. I mean, luckily, I've got enough space to keep everything that I've got left now. So I could I could grow all these onto adulthood and, mm. and pick the best out. Which is making sure you've got the space and make sure you've got the money for it as well. Because everyone thinks, you know, you're going to back some babies, you're going to get your money, it's all going to be, you know, happy as Larry. Um, it's expensive still. You know, whether it be the cost of setting it up, whether it be the cost of feeding them, um, it's expensive. It's not all um, sunshine and rainbows. 16 out of sixteen out of my best females this year, first-time breeder. So you've got 16 eggs out of your first-time, one of your first-time females. That's crazy exactly like you that one female is almost like 20 eggs so anyone new to watching this just just keep that in mind i know it's annoying that you do get a first time breed and she doesn't lay you 16 eggs i mean that that's quite rare but um just keep that yeah just keep just just keep that in mind um back to the question that was that was asked on your behalf what would i what was it what would you so like advice for like first time breed getting into breeding right. and what what to like expect that would be surprising like you wouldn't you wouldn't expect it to crop off okay i i personally i wish that um when i first started i don't want to be straight when i first started spending 100 pound a gecko was like that's too expensive so i didn't really go out and buy quality um and I just wish I, I started off with, like, for example, Wade, he, he came to me, he messaged me and Chris, I'm a first time, I like bells, I want to get the best that what I can get in, in the area. And he went and got the best and it's, it, it shows. Um, because when you do, if you don't have stuff that isn't, that isn't like, you, if they're like normalish looking, you're going to have a little bit, a bit longer to, to move them on. Um, that's, that's, that's what I would say. Surprise is cost, 100% cost. I think I spoke to Hannah. Like um, she's asked, she was asking about uh, electricity bill. I said you got this more. It's like electricity. You got vet bills and you got food and you got supplements. And obviously electricity. It's, I know it sounds silly. Water. It all costs. Everything costs. Your time. Um, that's a that's that's a big. Thing. I always say stay small and selective, and then hold back stuff and grow slowly. Uh, anyone starting the hobby. Let's say someone starts tomorrow and they went and bought fifty adults. You you are going to have a hard hard time move, moving them on. Um, but yeah, uh, it's it's a great hobby to get into. I don't want to let anyone watch anyone watching this thinking, oh, I don't want to do that now. Just just think of these things. Just think of these things. Research, research. I'd say as well, like before you build up your reputation, let's say, and start selling on to other breeders, and you've got customers coming to you through like the Instagram channels and whatever other channel you're selling it on. If you're going to get into it, um, go and speak to like local businesses that will take those animals on if you can't find the buyers for them. So, you know, the, the local pet shops to me um, that I've spoken to. And when I first started out, that's where they were going. Um, you know, you didn't, you don't automatically, don't just think you're going to breed them and people are going to buy them off you because mm. they don't know you. You haven't got a name. You haven't got a page. You've got like six page, uh, six pictures on your Instagram. It's low quality. No one knows who you are. Um, it's not as easy as just going, I'm going to breed these. They're going to sell for this much. They're going to buy them. Mm. If you can't do it, make sure you've got a backup plan. Yeah, 100%. 100%. If, you, if you do go and get that many geckos and you can keep them, fine. Fine. But just, just keep in mind, I mean, my first 
two, three seasons, I used to, I used, I used to have, find it difficult moving, because like, I had no reputation. Um, and obviously, because I did, I got some red stripes, for example, and I, I, I couldn't, if I wanted to sell them for 30 quid, they would have gone, but I, I can't move those on for £30. Pounds. Um, just build your name, and like what Mike said, quality, not quantity. Um, mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with people. If, if you do want to, I want to breed pet leopard geckos that's not a problem like that, that that i'm not saying that at all um you just yeah if you're going to go and spend a thousand pound on leopard get like let's say you you're your first time breeder you bought a trio of black knights you're probably gonna have a hard time selling them because of you've got jay and reputation from dave jay ferry why why would i this is gonna sound bad but why would i buy a 1200 pound black knight off of somebody nobody knows when i can get it from the person who's got a good reputation yeah that's just my that's just my opinion no, any more right. questions scott is there anything anything you what you wanted to show because i know i cut it off a bit short for chris flavel and he had all these geckos on his table <laughs> um i'm looking at all these tubs to be fair but like I say, some of them, some of them are in shed. Uh, we've gone over like super snows, universes, um, a lot, a lot of the ones that I've got. Unfortunately, because because it's towards like the end of the season for me at least. Um, Robbie, a lot of what I've got left are just the tangs, um, and of course they, they all kind of look the same. <laughs> so it's hard to show you any differentiation between that. Um, I mean, the only other thing that I've got, which I haven't shown people, are like the the Diablos and that, but um, I'm pretty sure they're all in um, in shed at the moment as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and DBs and blizzards are known for being biting, Scott. So you can you can <laughs> say you, if you want it. We all know they're biting geckos. Is it a you know biting what? gecko? <laughs> I've only ever been bitten once by a gecko. Was it a, was it a white gecko? Yeah, it was white gecko. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? It's always white geckos. They bite. White geckos bite. So if, if someone comes to me and goes, oh, I want a white gecko, I just, they, just so you know they bite. <laughs> I, I don't say the lizard bite. Everyone says, is that the one you got here, Chloe? It's like literally looks like a little dinosaur. <laughs> it's like a little serpent scar of a jaw mark of a Leo. Uh, but if anyone watching this is probably thinking, what? At the moment, I've been doing a lot of my lives in my flat. Um, the reason being is that I can't help keep getting the same gecko. I keep getting the, like, the same ones out, and I'm going to run out of material. So I try not to <laughs> be in my reptile room so much anymore. I've got loads of cresties here. I've got cresties, morning geckos. Um, yeah, I've got, I've got those, but not, not Leos, not Leos. I've got the morning geckos because, I mean, I had those, and they're so fast. Like, they're incredibly quick. Um, I, I sold them. I sold them on in the end, unfortunately, because mm. I don't think I had enough time for them as well as everything else. So they yeah. they got sold on. Um, it was wicked, awesome to have. Oh, um, what do you think about them? Oh, I think they're outstanding. I, I know they're because I ha I used to breed chameleons, um, and they're like, yeah. look, you don't touch it. And I I treat them very similarly. Sim similar, can't get out. I treat them the same. Um, they're in a bioactive setup, so all I've got to do is occasionally wipe the glass down. So I haven't got to interact with them at all because I know if I take that piece of bark out, 
this whole house is going to be full of mornings. I just find them fascinating. I just, sometimes I just sit there and just look at them. You can hear them click clack. They reproduce yeah. with themselves. They they are aggressive eaters. When you when I throw uh, pinheads in there, pinhead crickets, they go crazy. Um, yeah. They they lay ridiculous numbers of eggs. Um, they just pop pop them out. I just yeah, I think they I really enjoy them. I think I paid. I think it was ten pound per gecko. You can even yeah, see them in. Um, you find them up in Doncaster. I think they're like you see them for five pound each. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, love them, mate. Re- re- really enjoy them. Yeah. Any, any other reptiles besides Leo's you're interested in keeping in the future? Um, for me, I, I had a huge, a huge number of reptiles. I had who was. Um, toke geckos. I even had some African fat tails. I had dark frogs. Um, obviously, cresties, leos, ball pythons, garter snakes, corn snakes. I, I had. It, I find. I know that everyone's different. I found when I had that many animals, it was hard to keep on top of everything because everything had different needs. Whereas when I go in my leopard gecko room. They all get the same. They all I spray their their moist hides. They all get a bowl of water. Change. Whereas if you've got all these different animals, you need to check on all the humidities and the temperatures rise and drop because of you've got. A bit, I had a bearded dragon, a plated lizard in there as well. I just found personally it just got too too hard and something always lacked. Like the toke's vid might be a little bit too dry or something like that. So now I I personally think I'm going to keep it uh, cresties and leos. I'm actually gonna downsize a little bit with the cresties because i went absolutely crazy when i when i when i, when I bought cresties i bought like 20 of them um and they are egg laying machines more so than leo's so I've, I've got so many eggs i didn't realize how many eggs i was going to get so i'm probably i am going to downsize on the cresties but i've got enough space for them all um but then what i I, re- I would like to have something like a um a red foot tortoise or something like that when i move and have it have it out but i think for me i'll keep it as it is what about you scott so like i said i mean i said before I've, I've had quite a lot already um whether or not i'd go back down to the snake route i don't know i kind of prefer having having lizards now um with a blue tongue skink at work which i think is, is awesome it's wicked um but i don't think i've got the space at the moment for a blue tongue. Um, so eventually I'll probably get some of those. Um, I love tegus as well, but they're a lot of work. Uh, I know someone just mentioned about tegus, but yeah, they're, they're a lot of work. Um, mm. They're gorgeous. They're really nice. Once again, you need a lot of space. It also comes down to the fact that I like going on holiday. Um, yeah. You know, I like going away. It comes down to the point before I was, I was um, breeding and incubating to go inside with when I was away on holiday <laughs> so that no one had to check the egg boxes and stuff like that. But um, you've always got to have people as well to look after the animals. You keep on. That's all right, but you've always got to have people to look after the animals if you ever go away on holiday. So that's something to keep in mind. Um, it's, it's all well and good having 20, 30, 40, 50 animals, um, which is great for when you're at home. When you're not, it uh, becomes quite difficult because obviously you've got to rely on people then to look after it. Luckily, my mum loves them, so she looks after them when I'm, when I'm away. So that's pretty cool. See, I'm, I'm not really into the, the crested geckos. What, what, what's that? What, what more for? This, this is a lily white. This yeah. is my lily white male. So with, with, with crested, does it work the same as um, like Leo's? Like you, you, 
you've got different morphs or are they just more so like lime bread traits most of them are if i'm honest with you mate i, I know not much about cresties if i'm honest with you this guy's right up the chair um they're more lime bread i know the only genes in cresties is um exantic and lily white and i think cappuccino i'm not 100 percent sure um but the good what i like about cresties you don't get so much of you can't pair that to that you, you apart from lily to lily everything you can do whatever you like sort of thing um, yeah. i've got a project uh, i would i would get him out but he's in his tube i've got this lovely red uh, tricolor cresty and i'm pairing him to a cream extreme cream these probably just sound awesome too, but you're probably like, what? <laughs> and I want, <laughs> I, mean, um, I want to make some red and creams with those. But what I love about the Cresties is you don't really find an aggressive one. You do get a male that's a little bit fruity, but yeah. you don't, you're very, look, look at them. You would be, you, you wouldn't want that up your nose for a bogey, would you? <laughs> <laughs> let, me put, let me put him back. Let me get some, let me get someone else out. Oh, I was going to say, what what do you think about like the gargoyle geckos and that? Because obviously they're they're quite similar to the cresties, um, and I mean I've, I've handled them in the past. Like the gargoyles, for me, I think if I was to go down like that kind of route, I'd probably go down towards them. Um, I mean, have you have you seen those in the past? Um, I've seen I've seen gargoyles, and I've got some friends that's got gargoyles. I I I love them. Um, I don't know why, it's just something I've never tried. I know with the Chihuahuas, when I had the Chihuahuas, they were a little bit more aggressive than the Cresties. And I, I have heard gargoyles are a little bit more aggressive or territorial than the Cresties. Wacky Exotics would probably explain a little bit more about your New Caledonia uh, reptiles. I'm, I'm, if I'm honest with you, I'm an amateur of it completely. Uh, it, some of the stuff I hatch, I, I have to message Luke and say, well, <laughs> what, what is this sort of thing? I'm still learning. I know tricolors are pretty obvious, harlequins, pinstripes, things like that. Um, yeah, no, just uh, got another, let me get another one out. But yeah, no, See, your questions, I would love to have, I'd love to at some point work with dogs, I think. Yeah. And you said about New Caledonia, I jogged my memory then about the, um, is it the, the, the lychees or lichenous geckos? Um, big, massive, big boys, like, I love those, so. Obviously, after after I've um, expanded and, and done enough research on it, I wouldn't mind getting some of those as well. Um, and the Arabanas, those little Mexican alligator lizards, I think they're pretty cool. See, every time I handle cresties, they jump off and they, they go, they, they just don't stay I still. <laughs> South London, I think they think nah, I'm not playing with him. <laughs> but this this one with cresties, a lot of it comes down to lineage. Um, so yeah. no, like with ours, it's, oh, what's the mum and dad? Can you tell me the genetics behind mum and dad? With Cresties, it's more, can you show me what mum and dad look like sort of thing? Um, yeah. This one uh, was, oh, this one was produced by Apex Predators. Um, the pairing was White Walker cross to Arizona. Um, I, I stunning, but what I've done is a rookie era. I bought so much unsexed stuff they've all dropped cresticles on me. So this one might, I just, I, I love the temperament of this one. When I walk past the Viv, it lunges at the door thinking I'm food. So I'm, I am tempted to keep this one, but um, yeah. my, prove, my proven breeders are 
crazy. Michael Edge really sorted me out at Gecko Lounge. He was like, I've got a group group for you. If you want to get into Cresties and the babies have been an absolute fire. Um, I did see something about the Mexican alligator. Is it Mexican alligator, lizard? Something about they're thinking of um, making it a license to own them. Because I know a few yeah. years ago they were... A few years ago, they were saying to people, breed them. Like they're, go they're going in danger. Same with Southin. Please breed yeah. them in captivity because of their struggling. I don't know whether you knew much about that, Scott. No, I mean, I know they're a protected species, aren't they, from where they are? Um, I know there's a, there's a few breeders, quite a few popular breeders on here, or keepers rather, on Instagram. Um, I don't think that can import them anymore. I could be wrong in, in thinking that, but of course, some of the breeders that I was speaking to from overseas were saying that. Um, but they're expensive as well, and I don't think they uh, they breed very well in captivity, which is a shame. Unless you get like the conditions perfect, but I don't think there's. Um, I mean, me personally, maybe I haven't researched enough on them or found the right pages, but I can't really find something which would set out in stone what you'd need and how you'd get them to breed and this and that. Because um, I don't think I'd just have them for the sake of it. If I was having them, I'd I'd have them for a good purpose. That's pretty cool. When he fires up, he's he's crazy. Yeah, no, I know um, Louise at um, Black Snow uh, Geckos. She had some, I can't even pronounce, I'm just going to say Mexican alligator and lizards. She had some of those. And also, um, what's her name? Um, NYX Exotics. She's a crazy breeder. She had some, but I think one of them, one of them passed away. Um, yeah, stunning, stunning, stunning animals. Um, they're yeah. one of them animals you just look at and appreciate. You'd have it in an awesome setup, wouldn't you? Massive, massive setup, and just watch yeah. them. Same with um, when I used to, I was lucky with my couriers because I used to go to people's facilities. As you see, how what people, a lot of the stuff I do now is I learn through my courier journeys. Going to Michael Edge at Gecko Lounge and seeing his like monkey tails and how he has his rack setups and stuff like that. And I learned a lot of stuff through CNM. Look, just like little, like little tricks. It's like. Uh, do you know, like the jeweler's loop, they're quite yeah. hard to use to sex, and he's got these like binocular things. It's weird. They're like going on your head. They're like sunglasses, but they're like magnifying glasses and like things like yeah. that. You know what I mean? And um, little tips with supplements and stuff like that along the way. But yeah, this is my big guy. This is this, this was my main breeder this this season. He, he goes like black normally. Um, <laughs> I know. Um, Wacky's going to appreciate this. What made me want yeah. to be a reptile courier? I just, I loved everything reptiles I loved. And uh, the courier, I, I I loved, I did love doing it. Um, it's just, you know, with the hobby, you know what some people can be like. Um, you get complaints over stuff like, why is my gecko in shed? And, and obviously the anxiety. Just think about, having everyone's animal in your possession and if anything goes wrong and don't get me wrong sometimes you had to keep animals over 10 days just remember like you got that anxiety of and you get messages every day is my gecko okay uh, have you fed it and it, little things like that and i know i i understand why people feel like that I, I i feel the same when i send something off but just think about how that what how what mentally anxiety that would do to you constantly worrying i've got like or like i go to jay's Oh, here's five black knights. It's, there's there's um, eight grand's worth of geckos. They don't make sure nothing happens to them. A lot of pressure in it. It's pressure. It's exactly pressure. Uh, but bad diet, you know, on the road all the time. I was on my own, sixteen hour days. Um, a lot of people were 
brilliant. I mean, I could, probably would have stopped the first couple of months, but because a lot of people kept me going. Uh, Chloe's mum, oh, what a woman. Open the door, big smile, made, made your day. Let me put this one back. That's all right. So, you know, when you were doing the Korean and that, were you going home every night? Were you, were you staying in hotels and stuff on your way up? Sorry, man. Oh, I used to. <laughs> this is where I probably went wrong. I used to go home every day. Yeah. Um, I know Steve from Animal Courier. He spoke to a few people and said, like, not not slagging me off. Like, he did, he did well as he lasted. He did well for how long he lasted. It's like yeah. uh, I remember one time it was eight o'clock. I done my last drop in Penzance. That's all the way down the southwest of the country. It took me seven and a half hours drive to get home, and I'd done the seven and a half hour drive home. And yeah, mate, trust me, it used to, it used to make me ill. But then when I used to finish the run, I used to see all the feedback, everyone saying, yeah. well, thank you, George, for my geckos, and brilliant service. And that used to give me the fire to go again. And it came to the point where my girlfriend just went, and my family, you got to stop. Like, you're struggling, you're struggling. <laughs> I mean, what's that you got there, mate? Is that one of Chris's? No, nah, that's a Diablo, that is. Nice. That's a Diablo. That was for um, Cambridge Geckos. Um, okay. I, think, I think this was the second... Yeah, I think this was the second lot of morphs I had from him. Um, once again, he was another one of the people that I speak... Well, not that I speak to, but I asked for, for geckos and stuff um, before I started talking to everyone. It's <laughs> a good guy to go to. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, not, not all the animals that I had from him, I think I've still got. So that original high, like high white male that I had with the Max Snows, um, that was from him. Um, alongside like the two of the Diablos as well, they were for him. Um, and they've all been healthy, all been perfect. Yeah. To be fair, I don't think I've had any unhealthy animals from any breeders, which is fantastic. Right. Yeah. So, what, what do you do in terms of live food then, George? Because obviously. A lot of people tend to stick like mealworms in there. They tend to stick, you know, Mario's and that. What What are your main feeders? I mean, I know you yeah. said you feed your, um, and the one that I picked up from you today, crickets and mealies. Is yeah. that all you feed? No, no. Majority of my babies, I'll feed mainly mealworms, crickets, um, occasionally locusts. But for some reason, not if you've got a reptile not feeding or not, not having a good feeding response, I always find crickets. Just that for some reason, they always go for the crickets. Um, ba with babies, what I've noticed, they can be a bit fussy with locusts. Um, so I, I feed majority of my babies mealworms, crickets, and nymph uh, uh, dubia roaches. Yeah. Um, my adults, I don't feed my adults crickets unless I, I do have a couple of adults that only will eat crickets. Uh, yeah. But majority of my adults feed mainly on locusts and dubia roaches. Um, yeah, I, I do feed the occasional Moria, but I, I don't know everyone else that views this. He, uh, has seen it. Um, I find Morios geckos go off on and off of them. I don't know if anyone else does. Mine go one one minute they go crazy for them, and then all of a sudden they're not too, too interested. I think out of everything I've got, I think only one does that with the Morios. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know why, but it, it does. It goes on and off of it. Um, generally, though, Mario's make up quite a big part of the diet. Mm. Mealworms. You know, I don't tend to use crickets. To be fair, um, 
mainly because you, you know the, the mecha noise and, and they're horrible you know, they're, and they're more nice for parasites they're yeah um, smelly they you know fingers with crickets it's how it's how they're kept that's where the issue yeah. come from if you, if you let's say you buy a sack of 500 of them and you throw them all in a tub and you just leave them in a week or so the bottom of that tub's going to be minging that's what I was yeah. saying earlier. The feeders you got to treat them as pets almost. Like with crickets, you, if you got if you buy them in bulk, Dave, Chloe, they probably understand. You got to get that food out of there, replace it, or even put dry food in. Maybe have mm -hmm. a like, like a you can buy those like a bug grub mix, but then have yeah. the bug gel. Those you know, like the water gel as their water source. I always find with crickets. It, it, they can get really messy really quick. Same with mealworms. If you put too much food in with those mealworms, they will all go gloopy, start dying, they go brown, they smell. I find, I actually find what smells the most is when you get mealworms in a water dish. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, it's not, it's not the, uh, not the nicest smells in the world, is it? But, um, like are you, are you riding after a kebab, ain't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, um, I use quite a lot of feeders. To be fair, like, obviously, I use the the grubs, I use the silkworms. Um, I do use waxworms every now and again. Um, people have a misconception. People have a mis like knowledge with waxworms. People just think, oh, waxworms bad, bad, bad. They are actually quite good, and they do help in some situations. Um, don't just I know like what we see on like the Facebook groups. No, don't feed waxies. Don't feed waxies. Don't feed waxes all the time. Give him yeah, and, and for one, you know, if you've got geckos which aren't eating, don't feed them a waxworm to get them to eat because yeah. nine times out of time they won't eat anything else then. Um, if you've got things that aren't eating or you've got ones that are addicted to waxworms as well, that's where silkworms are coming quite handy. Not that anyone should ever have a gecko that's addicted to waxworms, but if anyone's watching this and they think, actually, that's all mine eats, um, and believe it or not, I've spoke to people in the past, that's, that's all they feed them. Um, Try silkworms, you know, medium, small silkworms, roughly around the same kind of size as waxworms. They'll get them off of it. You know, yeah. I'd be surprised if that didn't work. And even if it didn't work, for the sake of, I think about five, about five pounds for 30 of them, it's yeah. worth it. It's yeah. worth it, I think. Um, on the side note to that, though, if anyone is watching now that wants to breed, um, like the live food and that, or they're interested in them beetles, after this finishes, within the next hour or so, um, maybe two hours, depends on what I'm feeling like, um, I'll put up a story. Now, in that story, there'll be a little box to filling like a code word. If you put chicken nugget and send that to me, and you're the fastest person to do it, you'll win two hides, a feeding dish station. So if you're one of these hides, two of them, a little feeding dish station, some stickers, and then if you're from the UK and you do it, I'll send you 20 of the grubs as well. Um, but you've got to be the fastest. Can you guys see them? <laughs> you know what? Like, Just make sure they're kept kept warm. Like, If anyone wants to do it and they, and they want to go down that, even if you don't win and you want to keep them, just keep them warmish. I'll keep mine on, a, on the rack, to be fair, in one of the tubs. Um, good quality soil. Try not to use cocoa fibre; it's a little bit acidic for them. But you know, good quality soil, or um, I use the Pro Rep Forest what Life. They, um, what do they feed on, um, Scott? I was going to ask you, but I thought you know what? Sorry, I'll ask him on the live. 
You should have done your research, George. <laughs> All right, just go! <laughs> <laughs> nah, honestly, mate, there's, there's not much that we're in heat. Like, they're, um, I can't have imagined them as a massive clean-up crew. If you chuck leaves in there, they're going to eat leaves. If you chuck, you know, rotten wood in there, not that you should, but if you wanted to, you'd have to eat that. If you wanted to chuck really high-energy foods in there, you could. Um, I think the only things that I haven't noticed there that will eat is, like, high-citrusy kind of foods. Um, mm. But, you know, fruits, vegetables, dark leafy greens, anything like that, that you would normally feed to, to your normal feeders. Anything that you'd feed to those, I'd feed to them. Um but they do, they grow fast as well. Like that, that one that I showed you earlier that was about that big. Now we'll keep the beer for us, Chloe. <laughs> but they'll um, they start off that big within the space of like two, three weeks. They're massive. Um, yeah. But because they start off so small, you you've got the the ability then to feed them at whatever size you want to do it. Yeah. Yeah, I showed my mum and she went, uh, what did he grab? Yeah. So you know with the Mario worms, I've got like a, a kind of set of pincers on them. Yeah. It's the same, it's the same with those. Um, because obviously the Mario worms and like these, that in the wild and that, they'd be burrowing into wood and they'd be going underneath things and doing that. So that's what them pincers are used for. If they do pinch air, you'll hurt a little bit, but it's not enough to like but break the skin open no nonsense out of ten. Um like a red ant bite, I yeah. guess. Yeah, some people do crush the heads on them. I mean I don't know if you crush the heads of your Mario's before you feed. No. I don't personally. No. Um I don't do it with the with the grubs either. Um but I know some people that do, so it's his personal preference on that. Yeah, yeah. Any any last questions from, from anybody before we wrap up this number seven? Episode seven of More Fantastic Live. Any last questions? All right, Pabs. The dogs came and gone. What time are you calling this? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Pabs, come here. He don't listen. He's got a bad attitude. Any any last questions? Well, it was good seeing you anyway today, Scott. Mate, it was yeah, really really good. It was like where's Wally, weren't it? <laughs> It's quite a big crowd to find you in. What you got for tea? I got pizza. So, yeah, got pizza, mate. Um, I'm going to get a kebab. Don't get this. You don't, you don't get this big and sexy sitting down eating lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I've got the same problem. <laughs> How's, How's your season, season been, mate? The mime, best season yet for me. Um, not necessarily had the greatest breeders, but. I've, I've managed to pair my red diamonds. I've had some great geckos from that. Just, yeah, been a great season for me. Cresty-wise, it's gone better than I expected it to be. I never knew. I did. I, I've, I had Cresties before, but this 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 adult group I've, I've had from Mike, they're just throwing them out. But I know they're fully established. So, um, And yourself, um, Scott? <laughs> Cheers for remembering my name. That's good, that is. But, um, yeah, like... It's um it's been a good season. It's been a good season. Unfortunately, I lost a couple of the eggs um towards the end. So I was trying to find um find some of them questions that someone had asked. But, but Anna, do you feed the grubs to your gecko? Yeah, yeah. You, you take that. Yeah, I, I feed them to the geckos. Um, I chuck them in with the turtles. I chuck them in with the bearded dragons. Um, as with anything, although they're a good, a good feeder, I'd always mix it up 
you know, I, I never really tend to feed the same things uh, more than twice to them without breaking up with something else because at the end of the day, they're in captivity. They're, they're just as liable to getting a board as anything else, you know. So in, in my aspect, it's, it's just another form of enrichment. There's not much you can do for them for enrichment other than moving the enclosure around and moving things to hide in. So different food sources should be like a, a like a, a bit of an enrichment and what's this kind of thing, different movements, different tastes, different sizes. Um, but yeah, that anything, anything that eats live food can eat those. Um, Wacky's put, do you use those beetles as a replacement for dubious? If you mean, I don't think you can feed the actual beetles. Um, I think what you do is you get the beetles. They, it's the larva, is it the larva you, um, you feed off? Um, I have personally bought some of the larvae before in the past. You do get some, like what Scott said, you do get some geckos that take it. I know my beardy loves them. So, you know, and it, 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 it like you start, Scott said, you get all different sizes. It's, it's, it, gives, it gives them a variety, and almost gives them that natural instinct. So I could try something different sort of thing. That's it. And a side note as well, with them beetles, if you do get overrun with them, you've got other bio setups. So I know you said you've got other bio setups with that. You can put those inside them setups, um, and they'll act as a big part of the cleanup crew, which is pretty cool. <laughs> Isn't he pretty? <laughs> put him down. So is that is that everything wrapped up from everybody? Let's have a look, see if make sure I ain't missed any. Stop it, magic. Making me blush. He almost be like, oh, no, I met the dog. <laughs> Have you used hornworms? I know here in the UK, Scott mentioned it earlier, they're actually an invasive species. Well, they can be an invasive species here. So that's why we've banned them. So you can't have them here at all. It's like there's some states in America, you can't have dubia. It's just you're not allowed to have them. It's banned. Um, I would love to. I see the, I see the um, Instagram reels, big green worm. Guts and water squirting mm -hmm. everywhere. Would love to try them, um, but we we can't we can't use them use them here. No, nah. fortunately. Like I, I, I imagine like nutrition wise, it would be similar to silkworms. Really, I can't imagine them being much different. Yeah, you hear that bike? <laughs> it's not just your stomach rumbling. <laughs> no, <that's>, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I think we'll wrap that here, Scott. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah. Um, do you want to let anyone know where to find you? Anyone who's viewing this, who has all people on YouTube that will be viewing this, where to find you? Yeah, so I have got a YouTube channel, but I don't use it. Whether or not I will in the future, maybe. So let me up on there. He is. He is. Before you start, <laughs> anyone watching this who follows um, Scott, I think Scott should carry on doing the small, real um, like uh, tip he does like for example he done the one with the beetles it's almost like it almost has that like david attenborough feel to it like this is silkworms very highly nutrition they have an anti um whatever it is do you know what i mean do you, i reckon you should keep doing that because i do think i i like I, I like viewing them yeah i think i think i will um but i mean really that's going to be aimed towards like the um towards instagram and that i'll keep that on the reels yeah um yeah, you know, Instagram, Facebook. I have got Facebook. I do use it occasionally on there, but predominantly Instagram's like the biggest thing that I use. Um, I think in uh, Facebook, I think I've got like 160 odd followers on there. So it's nothing compared to Instagram. But this is what I'm mainly focused on. I, I love Instagram. 
Um, it's a really, really nice platform to be on. It's highly unlikely you're ever going to find people that aren't, you know, that are, that are nasty, that have got mm. different views. Everyone's kind of inclusive on it. So Instagram, if you want to get through to me, it's probably going to be the best way to, uh, to reach me. Perfect. Well, I appreciate you coming on, Scott. And it was really good seeing you earlier t again today. Even I've mentioned that five times. I, I loved seeing his face in this crowd of people. It was like a golden apple. Like, anyway, <laughs> thanks for tuning in, everybody. Thanks again to Scott. Remember, if you've tuned in, Scott mentioned the giveaway. You guys already know what to do. Um, I'm going to be putting a poll out about the online show thing we talked about, about doing the... Um, 10 minute slot for everybody on the live to show off their geckos as an online not an online store, as an online expo, expo or show, whatever you want to say so I'll put a poll out for that and um, yeah, thank you thank you everyone for tuning in, thank you Scott and do your little winks that's your trademark now hey, <laughs> take it easy Bye, guys. Bye.